All right, tonight we're going to do things just a tad differently. I know you all love it when you hear that. But right now, uh, Bill and Dale are going to be passing out a sheet of paper to you. And you're going to be filling that out as we go along. Over the past four years or so, whenever you turn on the news, there's always at least one story about what's going on in Iraq. Some of us have had loved ones in Iraq. Of course, you know that my brother Brad was there for a year. We've had folks who have been members of the congregation that have been there and family members. And so we've been very connected with Iraq and what's going on over there. Well, tonight we're going to take a look at those lands because some of our favorite Bible stories took place over there. And tonight's lesson, a little bit different, I'm not really necessarily going to try to teach you of anything or convince you of anything or persuade you to do anything. Tonight, I just want to share some information with you. It's uh, not a lot of information. It's not an overwhelming amount of information. In fact, hopefully tonight, I'll be able to give back to you some of the time I stole from you this morning. So, but we've just got a few things that we're going to learn about, about Iraq. So we're going to wait on Bill and Dale to get these out. I just didn't want you looking at these while you were supposed to be singing. So I figured it would be better to take a few extra seconds here to have him pass these out. And Bill is obviously a lot better at it than Dale is. <laughs> but you can keep going. As we go through this tonight, I've just basically got the, the list of places that we're going to notice on the left. And hopefully you can fill them in on the map that's on the right there as we go through this. All right. I think we're about there. About everybody have one? We have a few that are sharing. That's okay. All right. This is the one lesson I'm doing in the whole year that is absolutely and utterly dependent upon this machine working. There we go. Very good. This is the kind of map that you see on television every night. Actually, I just got on Google Images this week. I typed in Iraq map, and this was the first one that popped up. This actually, you'll notice up here, was on, uh, I think it was, let's see, where was it? I think it was Fox News is where it came from, June 24, 2004. And, of course, that was after uh, the war part of it was over, but we've got all these things happening, and we learn about what's happening at Mosul and the car bombs and Fallujah and Karbala and Baghdad, of course, which is where my brother was, and we've got... These different cities down here, Basra and Assyria and Diwania and Najaf. And these are all, all these places that we're seeing about, hearing about on the news every night. And the amazing thing is some of the most important Bible stories took place right where all of this is going on today. And we're going to be taking a look at that. Iraq is not a huge place. In fact, I've superimposed it over Texas. You see, it's not even as big as Texas. See, there's the, there's the panhandle and there's El Paso over here in the... That's Texas going along here. Right, and there, of course, in the light is Iraq. So it's not a huge place, but a lot of things, a lot of important biblical things took place in this very small amount of area. Here's a map that's basically just a modern map of the political uh, climate that we have going on in the, in the Middle East. And you can see that we've got Kuwait. I hope everybody can see that. Kuwait's right over there, which is what the war in the 90s was about. And we've got Iraq right in here. And this is Iran, and we've got Turkey and Syria, and way over here is Israel. And this is where, of course, most of the history that we read about in the Old Testament took place. And, of course, Jesus lived in this area. The apostles lived in this area. Over here, we've got Egypt. And the Exodus took place through this peninsula and on up. And we're going to learn a little bit about what happened there. But the area that we're going to focus on mainly tonight, of course, you know, the seven churches of Asia were right along in here. 
And uh, we've got different things that happened with Paul as he traveled in this area. And Italy's off the side, way over here, where you can see. But we just want to focus on this section here, Iraq, and, and what happened there. As you take a look at Iraq, one of the very first things I think it's important for us to notice is you see coming out of Kuwait right down here, there are two rivers. And I'm not sure if you can see. There's a little red line there that's probably a little bit easier for you to see. Right next to it is a blue line. The, the red line is a road. The blue line is a river. That's the Tigris River, and it follows up here, goes through Iraq, and comes into Syria, and on up into, uh, uh, into Turkey, and what's going on up there. We've got, right next to it, starting down here, coming a little bit south, it branches off right there, you've got the Euphrates River. The Euphrates River comes up alongside of Baghdad, and goes through here, and goes into Syria, and heads off over in this direction. And so you've got all this land that goes in between those two rivers, the land between the rivers, uh, Mesopotamia. Now, you'll notice in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 14, as it talked about the Garden of Eden, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 14, it mentioned four rivers that were kind of the boundaries for the Garden of Eden. And you'll notice that it says the name of the third river is Hittichel, but the, the Septuagint points out that this is the Tigris. It is the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates, and so of those four rivers, two of them are the rivers that, that go right up behind this box here and right back behind there. And so we know a little bit about the Garden of Eden. Now, I have no doubts that with the flood and what happened there, and as it points out later in Genesis with the land that was divided, that, that some of the topography and some of the land has shifted. And so it's not exactly today the way it would have been during the time of the Garden of Eden, but we still have these rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates. And so as we take a look for possible spots for the Garden of Eden, we don't know exactly where it is. But a lot of folks believe that it's going to be either down here where the Tigris and Euphrates get started, or it might be on up in here, which, of course, is a very fertile area that was between those rivers. And so we've got some possible locations for the Garden of Eden. Granted, we can go over there and we can hunt all we want. We're not going to find it. But we know that somewhere along in there was where everything began, with Adam and Eve and in between those rivers in the Garden of Eden. And, of course, we know that they disobeyed God, and God kicked them out, and, and then God uh, apparently... At first, he stationed the, the cherubim in front of it to keep them from getting the trick to the tree and apparently removed that at some point. So the possible Garden of Eden locations. Kind of amazing that uh, the place where this big war is going on is where it all began. As we continue on, we notice in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 2, it said, It came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Anybody know what happened in the plain in the land of Shinar in Genesis chapter 11? Tower of Babel. Remember, of course, after the flood, God had told them they were supposed to go out over the land, repopulate it. But instead of going out over the land and repopulating, they all gathered together in one little spot in the land of Shinar. Well, guess where the land of Shinar is? It's smack in the middle where all this is taking place. Right in between those two rivers... We have the land of Shinar. And so the Tower of Babel, where all this battle has been waging, where the wars have been fought, all the police action, everything is going on, the Tower of Babel was built up just somewhere right in there, in the land of Shinar, between the rivers. And so our soldiers, how many of them have walked right over the spot where the Tower of Babel was built? Could you imagine that? Now, granted, we don't know exactly where, but somewhere in this area, right here between the rivers, south and and uh, east of Baghdad. 
Haran died before his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. And of course, this is looking at the ancestors of Abraham, who was from Ur of the Chaldeans. Ur of the Chaldeans was not far from the land of Shinar. In fact, we're pretty certain that Ur was right right about in here. I think the name of the city behind that that just got covered up is Pali or something like that. But Ur, just uh, right off the Euphrates. You know, you can, you can imagine that a lot of cities during this day and age would build up on rivers because it would allow for easy trade. It would allow for uh, easy travel to get to other places. And, of course, it would provide water that they would need in order to water their crops, in order to live, in order to feed their animals. And so these cities are being built up on the river right here on the Euphrates is where Ur of the Chaldees was. And that's where Abraham began. And you'll notice that little airplane right there. Okay, so the, you know, military base taking, going on there. I know some of you can't see that one. That's from Genesis chapter 11 and verse 31. Sorry, I had to go ahead and use the full, uh, full screen tonight. No, no, you can't see that. But they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. So see, they're still in Ur, which is right here, and they want to get to Canaan, which we, when we blew up the map, it went off to the side over here. Canaan is the land where Israel is. Canaan land, you know, with the Philistines, and they came in and they conquered Canaan. And so they're, they're wanting to travel from Ur... All the way over to Canaan. Of course, now you can tell with me that if here's Ur and here's Canaan, what's, which way are they going to go? I mean, that's just easy. Quickest, point, quickest route between two points is a straight line. So we just kind of expect them to go from Ur to Canaan, right along in there. However, for some strange odd reason, they end up in Haran, way up here, which of course is just outside Syria, right at the border between Syria and Turkey. So they went from Ur to Haran, and then over to Canaan. Why do you suppose they did something crazy like that? Well, I'll tell you why. Remember those two rivers we talked about? Those two rivers provided a fertile crescent. Anybody remember hearing about that when they were in elementary school and, and looking at world geography? The fertile crescent. Outside of this fertile crescent, when you got into this area, it's barren desert. And so people didn't travel from Ur to Canaan going straight across. They went up between the rivers along the Fertile Crescent so they could continue to have food and water and supplies. And they made it up here to Haran. And then they would come down into Canaan that was, that was down over here. And let me point out to you that also, just kind of as a side note. It demonstrates why Israel was such an amazing piece of land that God gave them. If you just look at it and you're just looking at the map, and, and you didn't know about this Fertile Crescent, you think, well, they just got this little piece of land, it's a little piece of nothing over there by the ocean. However, when you think about it, everybody from over here who wants to get to Egypt, which is over here, how do they have to go? They're going to have to go through the Fertile Crescent and then right down through Israel. Anybody up in Turkey, which is up above the map, wanting to come down, they're not going to bypass and come around. They're going to come straight down through Egypt. Anybody from Egypt that wants to get over here to Syria or Iraq or Iran, uh, of course, what those lands were at that time, we're going to be talking about a little bit later, or Turkey, they're going to go right through Israel. So Israel controlled like the main highway for anybody to get from, uh, from over in the African continent into Asia and vice versa. And that's exactly what's happening here. So they go from Ur up through Mesopotamia, up to Haran, and then, of course, they're going to end up in Canaan uh, later on. Clear that off? Now, three major kingdoms that we hear about 
move very quickly here. Three major kingdoms that we hear about that interacted with Israel are Assyria, Babylon, and Medo-Persia. All of them are in this area that we're now seeing on the, were in this area that we're now seeing on the news in Iraq and Iran. Assyria. Uh, the whole king of Assyria came against Israel in 2 Kings chapter 15 and verse 9. That's, Assyria was up in northern Iraq. Okay, here we've got Mosul up here. And Baghdad's right down here. Assyria began in this section of Iraq. And of course, excuse me, they expanded as a great power and controlled a lot of the area of the Middle East during this time. But this is where they began. Then we can take a look in 2 Kings chapter 20 and verse 12. At that time, Baradat Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters to Hezekiah. Well, Babylon was in southern Iraq. So Assyria began up here, and they controlled a whole bunch of this area. But then Babylon begins in the southern area of Iraq, and they start pushing Assyria out. And they, of course, end up controlling so much of the area. And that is, of course, why the late Saddam Hussein, uh, during part of his reign, would try to say that he was kind of a resurrected Nebuchadnezzar. He wanted to pretend that, like, that he was going to be able to pull off this second golden age of Babylon, that he was, he was this resurrected Nebuchadnezzar who was going to pull all the world under their guidance. And the reason for that is because this is where Nebuchadnezzar was. He was right here in this area of Babylon. Then, of course, the third kingdom, Medo-Persia, Daniel, in Daniel chapter 5 and verse 28, points out to Belshazzar that your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. And in the prophecies of Daniel, we learn about the, the Medo-Persian kingdom that's going to be coming up after Babylon. Remember, you had Assyria. Assyria conquered Israel, but God turned them away from Judah. Then Babylon came along, having conquered Assyria. They came in and conquered Judah. And now Judah's in captivity in Babylon, but Medo-Persia, which is right over here in Iraq, I mean, excuse me, in Iran. That's where the Medes and the Persians were, and their, their empire stretched on out here to the, um, to the east. And kind of interesting that we had the Medo-Persians fighting against the Babylonians back then, and right now, who's, who's the thing, who are we worried about coming in and taking over Iraq today? Iran. A very same kind of battle issue that we, we're looking at today uh, was taking place there. So we've got Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia. Now, in Assyria, the capital city was Nineveh. And in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 2, God told Jonah, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. You'll remember, of course, Assyria is a great enemy of Israel. They're the ones that's going to end up conquering them. Jonah had been a prophet that had proclaimed victory over Assyria. And Jonah hated the Assyrians. And now he's told, go to Nineveh because I'm going to destroy them. And you know, that would, you'd think that would make Jonah happy, but Jonah gets upset because he knows if he goes to Nineveh, tells them that the judgment's going to happen if they repent, God will forgive them. And God will, God will not judge them. So he doesn't want to go to Nineveh. Well, where was he going? We know that way over here in, in Israel, off to the, the west here, he got on a ship and started heading along the wall of our building here, going that direction when God wanted him to come over here. In fact, right there at Mosul was where Nineveh was, the capital of Assyria. So any of our soldiers who have been in Mosul, uh, any of the fighting that's taking place there, anything that's going on, that's happening right where Jonah was supposed to go and say, in 40 days, judgment's going to come. Okay? So that's up here. That's at the Tigris River up there. 
Then we have another passage in 2 Kings chapter 17 and verse 6 that says, In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away to Assyria and placed them in Hala by the Habor, the river of Gozan. So remember, of course, that Assyria conquered Israel. Why did Assyria conquer Israel? Because they sinned, because they followed after the false gods. And so Assyria conquers Israel. And when a foreign nation conquered someone, most of the time what they would do is they would, they would uh, shuffle the deck. They didn't want Israelites living in Israel because they knew the land. They knew where they could hide out. They could find caves and rocks and, and start uh, mounting attacks against them. So what we're going to do is we're going to move all of them over to another land that they're not familiar with, that they won't be able to rebel against us as easily. And so that's what they did with the Israelites. They moved them from Samaria and brought them to Hala by the Habor, which, of course, is up in Assyria. And it's right about there. There's Hala, by the Habor River. You can't, they, the, this map doesn't have the Habor River or the River of Gozan on it, but it's in between the Tigris again and the Euphrates down here. But this area is where the Israelites were brought. And I just want you to think about this, by the way. If this is where the Israelites were brought, and then Babylon is right down here and came up and controlled this area, when the Israelites, when the Jews were set free by Babylon, guess who else was set free? Not just the ones from Judah that, uh, that were captured by Babylon, but there's a whole bunch of uh, descendants of the Jews that are up in this area that were just as equally set free. And I'm not going to say a lot about that, but I'll just put this tidbit out and we'll have it in a lesson sometime. If you've ever heard the phrase, the lost tribes of Israel, that's just not a biblical phrase. It's just not true. Uh, there's nothing in the Bible that says those ten tribes from Israel were just lost and disappeared. They were sitting right here in Hala until the Babylonians set them free. We'll talk more about that in another lesson. Carried Jehoiakim captive to Babylon. This is in 2 Kings chapter 24 and verse 15. Nebuchadnezzar, and because of some rebellion by the Jews after he had already subjected the nation to him, but had left them there, because of rebellion, he took Jehoiakim, king of Judah, captive and brought them back not just to the region of Babylon, but to the city of Babylon. Of course, we know the region is right down in here. The city is right there. A little bit south of Baghdad, right along the Euphrates River. Again, why would the city be there? Just like Nineveh is on the Tigris, because that's going to be a great area. They'll have fertile ground. They'll be able to plant crops. They'll be able to feed their animals. They'll be able to ship things south and north on the river. And so the city of Babylon's right here, a little bit, a little bit south of Baghdad there. Another capital city. See, now we've got, this is the capital of Assyria, capital of Babylon. We've already talked about the Medo-Persians. Where was their capital? Well, in Nehemiah 1.1, it came to pass in the month of Chislev in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the citadel. That's Nehemiah there. And in Esther chapter 1 and verse 2, in those days when King Ahasher sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the citadel. Some of your translations say Susa. Okay, that's the Medo-Persian capital. Nehemiah was there. Esther was there. I think Daniel even traveled there once during the, the reign of Babylon. That's right over here, right at the edge of our map as we can see it on the screen. But that's over in Iran. So we've got the capital of Assyria, the capital of Babylon, and the capital of the Medo-Persian Empire, all in this area that's, that's embroiled in conflict right now. All these areas, and all this stuff that we're seeing on the news, we're seeing the, the Bible stories take place. Well, that wasn't overwhelming, was it? It wasn't too much. But I hope it was something that was just a little bit interesting to you that would help you kind of picture in your mind, when you're seeing these things on the news... 
when you're hearing about what's going on over there, these things are taking place in the Bible lands that we're reading about. Those lands are still there. The, the Tower of Babel was built there. Garden of Eden was somewhere along in there. Daniel walked there. Nehemiah walked there. Uh, a lot of these uh, characters in Scripture. And of course, depending on your view of what Peter says in his letters, uh, Peter the Apostle uh, may have traveled even in Babylon. And so these are, these are places that these characters that we read about lived and dwelt and all these things took place there. I know, I know it's not convincing you to do anything, but I hope it just gives you a little appreciation when you turn your news on and they throw a map like this up that you can say, hey, you know, this, this is right over here. This is where, that's where the Tower of Babel was. And, and right up here, this is where Nineveh was. And the Israelites were brought in here when Assyria captured them. And, and down here by Assyria, that's, that's where Abraham was in Ur of the Chaldeans. And they traveled up through here and probably went through Babylon and, and walked through these same places. I hope that's beneficial to you and something that you find interesting. Would you pull out your songbooks, please?